you. Back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He's Eric Strickland. And we will be talking some Husker hoops. Of course, Nebraska had the weekend off due to the COVID virus going through the team. Um, so a game uh, postponed uh, over the weekend. And then the Tuesday game that was set for Tuesday, I should say, against Wisconsin is now moved to Thursday. They'll be going on during our show. So that'll be kind of an interesting show on Thursday we'll be looking forward to. Um, but Nebraska basketball obviously not doing too well right now. 6-13 and over. Overall, 0-8 in conference play. And there's been a little bit of talk, and not too much of it, but a little bit of talk or a little bit of frustration, I guess, amongst uh, part of the fan base and the frustration with Hoiberg, uh, Fred Hoiberg, of course, the Nebraska basketball coach, who has a, a record of 20-58 of 58 at Nebraska, but 5-42 and 42 in conference play. I've said it before, that's relegation bad. <laughs> you know, they, they do relegation over there uh, in soccer in Europe. You, you, that's pretty close to as bad as it gets, as I've seen at a college basketball program. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I, I think that there needs to be more patience for Coach Hoiberg, and I, I, I think there is. I don't, I don't want to amplify the crowd in, in, this, in the speak that's going on, but um, a, a, a pretty darn good article from Jimmy Watkins of Omaha World Herald over the weekend um, kind of was talking about how Fred Hoiberg's critics are pretty loud right now um, and kind of even mentioned uh, a, a, something that happened here on, on our radio station where Kobe Webster was kind of talking about different practice um Results and, and, and kind of different um, techniques, I should I should say, and, and leadership qualities that are going on in the locker room. They they kind of buried the hatchet, moved on forward with that. But I just I I, I guess I'm I'm here to say, please be patient with Fred Hoiberg if you're a Nebraska basketball fan, because I think he's much better of an example of a term that kind of got thrown around with Scott Frost, which what people would say when he was hired. If he can't turn around this program, then no one can or who can. Um, first of all, that whole idea is kind of ridiculous to begin with because what are you going to do? Shut down the program if your current coach doesn't work. Um, but second of all, you know, Nebraska football is just too big for that. Nebraska basketball, I'm a little bit worried about the image that it would set if Coach Hoiberg, and eventually it might get to this point and you have to break off, but if Coach Hoiberg can't do it at Nebraska, then who can? That actually might have some legs to it, I suppose, when you're looking around the coaching ranks and who's going to take the next job at Nebraska just because of how much success Hoiberg's had. And also, I would believe that if he if he did end up leaving Nebraska, you know, he might do kind of the, the Nick Saban training thing where he goes off and is an assistant somewhere for a good school and then is right back into the mix. So um, I, I just I don't see it, it hurting his legacy too much as far as his, uh, his mobility in the coaching ranks. But I think that it might really stay in Nebraska if he's not able to get it done here, just because of the, the you know the, the the history that is here at Nebraska basketball um, and the fact that he's so highly regarded when he came in. Yeah, I think I think I, I would like to give pause to. I don't I don't think we that should be a rough situation. I definitely understand the frustration. Um, I, I've talked about some of the things that I thought he could possibly do um, <clears throat> that could help to generate not only more help. But, um, you know, everybody looks at him and understands his NBA pedigree and, and stuff of that nature. I think that it would it would be wise to bring somebody in there that um, may have some similar pedigree or even is a, you know, a player development guy or, or something like that, just to kind of have another person around 
that gives credence and, and credibility towards what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to bring to the program. I think too, the pause needs to be in that some of the struggles were not necessarily caused by his doing, so to speak. I mean, it was by way of circumstance. I mean, when we look back at 2019, you know, when he first had his first roster, a lot of that came from, uh, you know, some of 10 miles situation. 10 miles had seven of his, his scores uh, or people on his last team, they either graduated or left early for the NBA. I mean, that, that was something that was pretty tough that he had to ultimately deal with. Uh, you could see that this team may be different if they had still Delano Batten and, and you know, how they would look and with, with some of the was still around at that point. Um, you know, um, shoot a second year, when you look at that, there was that month long, hi, month long hiatus of COVID-19 issues that gave him pause. So, so the third one would be that the loss of Trey McGowan's, which is the heartbeat of your team. Uh, so early in the, in, in the Creighton game. So uh, there, you know, he's by far NU's best defender. He's their heart and soul. He's the one that provides energy and, and, and all of that to the team. So um, being that they've gone through this adversity for the last three years, there's there's things that it can do. Adversity can bring you together. It can tighten you up. It can have, you know, I think as long as he in the locker room, as Kobe Webster had alluded to, as long as he in that locker room uh, is putting pressure to the team in 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 a a way that's conducive to uh, building, then you know I think they may have something because I still think they they have a very talented team. It's just something's missing right now, and and finding that missing link is going to be the thing that can get it turned around. I look at both programs and I, I see that it's, it's very difficult. It seems hard. It seems like, you know, throw it out with the, you know, the trash and, and all of that, that would be easily said. But I think one of the things that I see is they are building a form of foundation, right? I think they're doing it by way of transfers, but they're also doing it by way of bringing some solid foundational recruits in and, Building a foundation takes time, man. I mean, I'm in construction right now. I'm, we're building a project downtown in Orlando here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time consuming, you know, getting the right foundation. Sometimes you have trust issues where the flooring is, is, is off and it's messed up and you've got to demo it and break it down and make some adjustments and rebuild it. But the foundation part of it, if it's off, you, you know, you're going to have crumbles and you're going to have breakdowns and you're going to have problems. So it's good to get the foundation right. Once you get the foundation right, then you can be able to build something solid upon it. And I think that's what they're trying to do in both programs right now. But it's not it just doesn't seem to be happening and not quickly enough for the Husker base. Well, I think for Husker basketball especially, it's just going to be key to be able to bring, to convince some of those guys to come back, you know, pre pre this year, right? I think everybody just kind of envisioned it going a different way. They were able to get Kobe Webster back, but you're going to have to do that, the, kind of the same type of thing, right, with the Trey McGowns, with the Derek Walker, um, and, and, and just kind of have some stability because that was the problem, like you said, from year one, is you really couldn't blame it. It was just kind of a mesh and throw pieces together and see what's going to be part of the foundation for year two. Well, not a lot of those guys stuck around. None of that really worked. Year two, again, I mean, part of it is, is, is to the player that you're bringing in. When you bring in a Cam Mack, how long is, is Cam Mack going to be able to help the program? When you bring in Teddy Allen, how long is Teddy Allen going to be able to help the program? Both of them don't make it to the end of their first year. So, like you said, this foundation piece, it just hasn't necessarily been in place. Even a Delano Banton just gets to play one year for you, and then he moves on. So, at some point, it's going to be hard. And I, I think that there's going to be criticism if – 
Hoiberg is not be, is not able to bring Bryce McGowan's back. But boy, is that going to be a lot to ask if McGowan's is getting a first round grade? I mean, you're going. I wouldn't blame Hoiberg so much as I would blame Nebraska's donors. They're going to have to put quite a package together to be able to bring a guy like that back. But past that, if you don't get Trey and you don't get Derek Walker back, I think that's the fear moving forward. Is you know, part of it. It's sad that you're talking about the next year already here at the end of January when you should be talking about this stretch, but it's hard to imagine this team, um, I guess, making the NIT or something significant that you would want to see. Maybe it still happens. Maybe they can turn around or make at least a push in the Big Ten tournament, something like that. But it, it's just hard to see, obviously, at 0-8. So when you're talking about the future, I completely agree with you, but that's the that's the fear is that what's the foundation going to look like? Is it is it C.J. Wilcher and, and Tominaga and, and, and Breidenbach? Um, because that's – that's solid, but I don't. I, it's, it's just not. It's not battle ready, right? Battle tested, battle ready for next season, as opposed to bringing some of those Derek Walkers and and you know McGowan's back and some of those guys, um, because that. I mean, it just seems like this team, the the as, as deep as we are into the season, you'd have to say, at least projects to be a year away. So you're kind of looking at at next year already. Yeah, I definitely think they would by by a minimum would need to retain at least two of them. You know, um, I think if you can get them all, I think you put yourself in a good position. I, it would be a ama- I, I would be like the greatest car salesman on earth trying to sell, <laughs> sell the return to them. I would be yeah. in there hounding like, like a car salesman, you know, definitely trying to get them to, uh, you know, say, you know, Hey, come on back. And, uh, you know, we, we got some, we can do it, baby. You know, I don't know. I don't know how I would, would, would verse it, but Definitely a package, an NIL package would be something that may be, be nice to, to help uh, retain that. Um, because here's the thing. The, the sad thing about it is this, that organizations will tell you, they will sell you the dream. And if you buy into it, like, for example, Justin Patton, um, first round draft pick, did a lot of his time in the G League. That may be okay for you, but I think you can, if you get a solid NIL package, that's better than playing in the G League. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you, you, you know, you're going to be able to still build your, 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 your credentials and put your numbers together and do it right and, and still push for something big. Um, but there is still a lot of injuries, a lot of turnovers. You may fall into the right situation um, where it still may work out for you, you know, where you could be in the G league for a few months and then find yourself called up because of uh, the work that you're putting in. Um, but do you want that? That's, that's really what it's going to boil down down to. Do you, do you want G league action? Uh, because I'm just going to be honest. I, I'm not going to sell, you know, the strawberry shortcake to you and be like, you know, it's sweet. It's good. Oh yeah. Taste that. I, I don't think they're ready. I don't think any of them are. Right. And that's just being dead honest. I'm not even going to sit here and, and blow smoke up, up your tailpipe, you know, or put the banana in your tailpipe like Eddie Murphy on, uh, on, on, uh, what was the funny movie? Yeah. The, the, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I'm not going to do that. I just don't, I don't think they're ready. You may get a grade and you may, you know, yeah, they, they may tell you all of that and, and the agents may pump your pump you up. I've had all of that happening. I just don't think they're, they're NBA ready right now, um, to be honest. That's just me. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. Either. I think Derek Walker has to expand. I think he has to expand his range. Yeah. I think Trey, Trey, you know, it hurt him with the injury. Yes, you know, the things that he's gonna do. I I, 
I look at Trey similar to I look at how I look at Gary Payton the second, right? Gary Payton the second came out. He's very defensively inclined. He had some, you know, some inconsistency deficiencies in his jumper. I've watched him for five years now bang out in the G League until he finally broke through. Why not do that and then and try to do something significant? Because that all changes. If any one of them stay and they change the dynamic of that program and what it looks like right now, you can you you're going. It that's gonna happen. Otherwise, they're gonna look at you and say, Yeah, I mean, solid athlete, yeah, yeah, but oh and eight. Yeah. You know, I mean they look at that stuff too. Don't think they don't. That's just I'm sorry. I don't mean to beat that with a you know, like to a dead horse, but yeah. that's just really the way I see it, man. Well, so, and, and they're, I mean, like you said, I mean, the great athletes, but if you're competing at that level, of course, everybody is. So, I mean, it's easy to get passed over if you're not a winner. And, and you just kind of think back to um, Coach Hoiberg saying when when the, he, he was able to land Bryce's, this is going to change the trajectory of the program. And so, you know, part of it, too, is just kind of going back on the words that they said and the promise that they had. And, and you look at it and you go, I don't, I don't think the trajectory of the program is changing. It, it's, it, it seems to be stuck in the rut. And like you said, it's just all about that foundation. Uh, and I think they have some foundational pieces. But in, in, in college basketball, it's hard to keep foundational pieces now if you're building, unless you can just kind of put a whole crew together. But I don't think Nebraska fans want to see that again, and that rarely works. So um, it's just – it. You know, it like the the dogs are. You can kind of hold off the dogs right now this season. It's not it's not going to matter. Hoiberg will be here next year, but if he's starting with a whole new cast of characters, man, is it going to be frustrating and hard to buy in? And eventually, you do have to kind of say, you know, it, it's either now or never. You got you kind of got to get it done. I'm just I worry about the at the at how the Nebraska program looks. If Hoiberg can't win here, um, and then you know it's going to be a tough sell for a lot of those other guys. But uh, of course, the program will keep running, and they'll still go out there and run five on five. So it'll happen either way. You know, sometimes we over worry about that sort of thing, but certainly, hopefully, to see some change there ahead for Nebraska basketball and getting the win column. Maybe this short break can do that for them and start some positive momentum going in the Hoiberg area and for the Nebraska basketball program. We're going to take a quick break, but around the corner, uh, it is time for Shootout with Strick, your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. That's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. The first caller will have a chance to win against Strick, and then uh, if they don't win, if Strick wins, then the third caller gets the chicken. So we're definitely giving out some chicken around the corner, 402-464-5685. Jump in line, Shootout with Strick. It's coming up next right here on On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket. 